Now, I'm going to be, I'm going to be teaching you today, and it, this, is, this, is, this is so good. I mean, this is something that I've been spending a lot of time on ever since the Lord showed me something. And when the Lord showed me this, I'm going like, oh, my God. Uh, and I want you to be able to get it. I want you to write down three things today. I'm, let's go to our teaching, then we're going to go to that. Uh, let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter number two. Let's do that first. Ephes I'm going to be reading out of the NLT sometime today. I'm not going to use any other translation. Only the NLT. King James first and then the NLT. Okay. Now in Ephesians chapter number two, I want to read verse one. And then I'm going to skip down to verse four. And we're going to read down to verse ten. Because we want, to, we want to show you our subject in two verses. Verse 5 and verse 10. We're going to show, show you our subject. When you get this, say amen. Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 1. We're going to come back to this camera here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you has he quickened, who was dead in trespasses and sin, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. So we showed you when you wasn't saved, that's how you live. Go down to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, of his kindness, and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Here's the, here's the subject. For by grace you are saved through faith. So I'm going to use my subject from verse number five and verse number eight. By grace you are saved through faith. By grace you are saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, that word workmanship means new creation, created in Christ Jesus on the good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in. So what we want to do is we want to, we want to teach today on, uh, by grace you are saved through faith. Now, please, I want you to hear this for the first time. You know, sometimes if you just hear something for the first time, I mean, I never heard that before, then you'll realize how you know you say and how you know what other folk are saved. You'll know what it means. Because I want you to write down three things today we're going to talk about. How God saved us from sin, S-I-N. Leave yourself a little room because we're going to teach on those three areas. How God saved us from sin, S-I-N. And then how God saved us from sins, S-I-N-S. And two other things you're going to see in there. I'm not going to teach you on the day, though. But he saved us from death and condemnation. We're going to, we're going to see that in those two, two things. But I want you to put down there how God saved us from sin, S-I-N, no S. Then how God saved us from sins with an S. And then we're going to show you in that how we got saved also from death and condemnation. But we're going to, we want you to write down one more. And that's Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 through 21. 
you're going to be able to know the difference because first I'm showing you S-I-N, then I'm showing you S-I-N-S, and then I'm going to show you the works of the flesh. All of these are totally different. So, Father, we thank you now for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. We give you praise in the precious blood of our Lord. All right. Now, you, these are something that you got to make sure you get. All right. Now, let's go to my subject. How God saved, how God saved our souls is what we're looking at. We're talking about the soul, man. All right. Now, once again, I, 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 I'm not going to use by grace we saved. I hope I haven't messed you up in the end of the room. Because I'm going to use, that's what my subject before, but I want to use how God saved our souls. All right, so I hope I haven't messed you up. Uh, praise the Lord. Okay, so let's use it. How God saved our souls. All right, now, one of the ways he did it was by grace. That's why I gave you Ephesians 2, by grace you are saved. Now, if you have it already, it's already in stone, don't worry about it. Just put this down and keep going, all right? But we'll make sure on, in, in the, on television, it will say how God saved our souls with an ask with a question mark. How did he do it? All right. Now, I gave you Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, verse 5 and verse 8. He did it by grace. Now, how many know what it means when the Bible said by grace you are saved? The word by grace, first of all. By grace means what? By what God has done. Now, you need, you need to write these things down because anytime God gives you an answer for something, when you didn't know, write it down. This is your salvation. By grace, you will say, means by what God did on the cross for you through his death, and resurrection, he saved you. That's what it means by grace. See, the word by grace is already finished. That's why some translation will use the term being, being saved, going to be saved. People don't believe you, you were saved. Really, you were. So that's why the Apostle Paul ministered in Acts 26, 18, said that you might receive. See, God already forgiven you but you got to receive it. God already saved you from sin, S-I-N, but you got to know what he's talking about. Then he saved you from S-I-N-S. You got to know what he's talking about. This can't be a guess. Then he also got to understand what's the difference between that and the works of the flesh. So we got a lot of work to do today. All right, now let's, let's go to work. I'm going to, I'm going to use Ephesians 2, uh, verse 5 and verse 8, but it's, the subject is going to be how God saved our souls. Okay, just want to make sure you understand it. For that. And maybe you could flash on the screen every now and then. It, 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 it's okay too. Now, we're going we're gonna to go right into that because I really got a lot I want to go. I want to go so far today. Now, let me show you something. The difference, why we got to do the difference between. Last week, I told you how God saved us from sin. How many remember the subject last week? If you remember the subject, you know how God saved us from sin. But I didn't come out and say it. I just said the just shall live by his faith. See, what do that mean? This is how God saved you from S-I-N. 
That's how he did it. But you got to know what that means. So let's go back to the book of Romans chapter 5. And we want to start with verse 20. Romans chapter 5. I really need you to follow me today. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 20. Now, let's start verse 19 first, because verse 19 told you how you got to be a sinner and, and how you got to be righteous. So you got to understand something. You're not a sinner anymore. You're righteous. We used to be sinners. So when somebody said we all sinners saved by grace, no, that's not, that's not right. Because I'm going to show you that you really are the righteousness of God in Christ, like the Bible told you. But we were sinners. All right, so you remember a lot of people teach that way. A lot of people teach that way. Like, uh, we all sinners saved by grace. No, that's not true. Because when I get through showing you today, you'll know it's not true. You just got to know the word. See, the key is, the reason why I found out that people don't know the word, don't know what to say, they say different things, they got from other people because they don't know the word. And I'm going to show you that's not right. When God said you're a new creation, you are, we are a new creation. The key is, are you that? Are you in Christ? Are you in Adam? Is the key. There's no need of pretending. So when the word of God comes forth today, hear the word of God for, for your life. I'm giving you the word for your life. All right, now let's go to work. So we're going to go first, I said first where? Romans chapter 5. And uh, we want to we look at verse 19, and we're going to go down to uh, chapter 6 and to verse 3, just over verse, maybe 4. But, but this, what, this is going to show you something, but I, what I, what I want to show you is these words. So when I give you something that says S-I-N, put it under S-I-N. When I give you a scripture that says S-I-N-S, put it up under S-I-N-S. Everybody understand how I go? And then I'm going to show you the difference between that and the works of the flesh. So you can, be, you, can be, you can be saved and have a problem with the works of the flesh. So you got to understand the difference. All right. Now, Romans chapter 5 and verse 19 says, For as by one man, talking about Adam, because one man disobedience. So you got to understand when you're dealing with the word sin, you're dealing with what God did, what, what one man did. When you deal with the word S-I-N, you're dealing with what one man did. Now, God saved you from that, but it was what one man did. Neither one of these things in here is talking about sins or sin. is not talking about what you think. But this, this class, you're going to get it, hopefully. All right. And verse number 19, for as by one man disobedient, many were made sinners. Now, that's, that's who we were. Before we become God's children, before we receive the Spirit, we were sinners because of the word S-I-N. All right? We were sinners. So, comma, by the obedience of one man shall many be made righteous. So what did God do when he saved you? He made you what? Righteous. See, that's what you need to have in your notes. And I'm going to give you the scripture for it. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. We're going to go there now. No, I got to finish this first. I'm telling you where I'm going next. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. Because God made you righteous. 
See, there, there's a question always comes up with people. Are you telling me you don't sin? See, because you don't, if you don't know the word, you don't know what to tell them. I got the word for you today. But the key is you got to write the word down instead of the word of God like I do. It takes weeks and days, <laughs> but years. So when God gives it to you free, at least you can do is write it down. All right. Now, let's keep on. Let's keep going. So we showed you God through Christ shall many be made righteous. He left it the word shall because it, every time somebody gets made righteous, somebody else shall be made righteous. Right? Keep going. All right. Now, verse 20. If you don't read verse 20, you won't understand Romans 6, 1 and 2. So verse 20 says, moreover, the law entered. Now, remember, we're going to show you before faith came. Write that down. You're going to put this down. Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 22 and 20, well, make it down to 26, which is the end of the chapter. We were under the law before faith came. Not us, but the people who were under, really under the law, okay? They were under the law, Jews and Gentiles were under the law. That's what Galatians, that's what I'm going to show you in Galatians chapter 3. I'm, I'm going to show it to you in Romans 2 when I back back to verse number well, matter of fact, I go back there. Write that down to Romans 3, 9 through 12. We were under the law as Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles both were under the law. But in Galatians chapter 3, when I get there, verse 22, down, down to verse number uh, 23, I think it is, down to verse 26, I'm going to show you until faith came. See, I showed you, my teaching is how God saved our soul. My first point was, by grace, you are saved through faith. Everybody follow me now? All right. So I'm showing you, you were saved by grace. You were, past tense, saved by grace, by what Christ did on the cross. But it's through faith. Through faith means through the teaching or preaching of the word, hearing the preaching of the teaching of the word, and you believe it. That's Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. See, these things you need to write down because we're going to go to them. All right. Now, Romans chapter number 5 and verse 21. That as sin has reigned, past sin. As sin, S-I-N, hath reigned unto death. Remember I told you when God delivered you from sin, he delivered you from death too. All right. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so now, my grace reigned through righteousness. That's why you can't have one without the other. Unto life, unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. All right. Now, we'll keep right away into chapter 6. What shall we say then? So Paul says, say that with me, where sin abounded. So that's past tense. Yeah, it's where sin abounded, C-E-D's, right? Grace did much more abound, present tense. How many hear that? Where sin abounded, past tense. Now, grace much more abound. Can you see that? Now, the question is, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Can you see what he's asking? Well, if grace abound, where sin abound, grace did much more abound, well, shall we continue to sin so we can have more grace? Do you hear what the question is? See, he's saying... Romans 5 is saying, where well, sin abounded, grace much more abound. Otherwise, the worse it was, worse sin was, they gave, God gave you more grace. 
Where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. That's what the word says. All right, since the word said that, sin abounded, grace did much more abound. All right, that's true. Well, so shall we sin so we can have more grace. Can you see why Paul says certainly not? And then he's going to tell you why. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2, God forbid, or certainly not. Why? How shall we continue in sin? How shall we? Because we are dead to sin. See, that's why last week tape, you need to get that. So you need to put that down, underline that. That's why you can't continue in sin, because you are dead to sin. Now I'm going to show you, when I go to Ephesians 2.1, we were dead in sin. You're not dead in sin no more. You are dead to sin. When a man not saved today, he's what? He, listen, when a man is not saved, he's what? Before the cross. Wait a minute, listen to me. Before the cross, when Christ came, see, Christ died for all our sins. When Christ came, Man went from dead in sin to dead to sin. So you, when you are being saved, for, when you are saved, not going to be because you were saved. So I'm, using, I'm talking to you as a born again believer. You are saved. So how did you get saved? You went from dead in sin to dead to sin. To be dead to something means you are not alive to that anymore. And what you are dead to is the flesh. Because that's where sin is. See, all this stuff you're going to have to write down, you need to get the Bible like I did and just shake your head because it's a lot. All right. But what God did last week, I show you how to just live by faith. Now we live in Christ. We live in God by the Holy Spirit. So when God puts you in Christ, it's when you really start living. That was 1 Corinthians 15, 22. In Christ, all is made alive. See, you are not made alive until God puts you in Christ. Now, that's why I tell you, you got a lot of people teaching you salvation by water baptism. And I'm going to go walk it through and I'm going to show you they just never made it to the truth. So we got a lot to show you. All right, now, Romans 6 and 2 says you're dead to sin. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I gave it to you, but I'm going to give it to you again. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. See, this happened at the cross. We were made alive at the cross. We were made alive at the cross. Let me, let me put it another way. I did a teaching that you cannot receive spiritual life until you have received what kind of life? Let me put it another way. You cannot receive eternal life until you have received spiritual life. See, that's a teaching you need. See, spiritual life is you got to receive first. That's Christ. 
after you die in this body, you go into another dimension, a spiritual dimension, and that's already happened to you in Christ, but it's going to really come to pass, and that's called eternal life. Now, you are in Christ, that means you have spiritual life, and that means you are ready for eternal life. Let me say it again. If you don't have spiritual life, you're not in Christ and you are not ready for eternal life because the only one can live in eternal life is Christ. Remember that? I gave you four different kinds of life. You need to go back and look at that. I gave you natural life. That's the life of the soul. God breathed into Adam not so he became the living soul. That was the breath of life. Then I gave you the life in the blood. Leviticus 17, 11. The life of the flesh and the blood. Then I gave you spiritual life. That's what Christ came. He came that you might have life. That was spiritual life. But once you leave here, you go into eternity. Your soul does. And once it goes to eternity, God lives in eternity. So you're going to have to have eternal life to live in eternity. All right, so these things are not something that you need to play with. You need to learn this stuff so you can be able to share with others. All right, now let's move on because I got a lot of work for you today. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and let's start reading verse 14. I get all my notes at the end. I'll leave with about 10 or 15 minutes and we'll gather up the notes. 2 Corinthians like the Lord would say, we'll gather up the fragments, huh? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. It says, for the love of Christ, we're on the screen. For the love of Christ constraineth, I'm coming to your camera. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. Second Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ controls us, constrains us, because we thus judge that if one man, Christ, died for all, then we're all dead. He did die for all, so that means all dead. All right. And that he died for all that they which live now should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Well, let's come right back there. Let's go back to first Corinthians. Now, I'm, I'm letting you know who I am so you can mark a little note there for pastor. Right. I'm at second Corinthians five and I'm going to come back to verse 16. But let's go to first Corinthians 15 and let's look at verse 14. In 1 Corinthians 14, let's show you why the resurrection is so important. Everything Jesus did, he did it for us. His death was for me. His burial was for me. His resurrection was for me. So I'm getting ready to show you what was his resurrection for. So you got people to tell you, I get baptized in water and get rid of sin. I'm going to show you that's a lie because I'm going to show you how Christ got rid of the sins right now through his resurrection. Nothing man did. By grace, you are saved through faith. All right. All right, let's look at it. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 14. If Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain. And watch this. Your faith is vain also. If Christ didn't rise from the dead. Why is that? What is he talking about? All right, verse 17 will tell you. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain or is useless, has no meaning to it. You are yet in your sins. Wait a minute. 
If Christ is not raised from the dead, yeah, if Christ did not rise from the dead, we would yet be in our sins. Why is that so important? Because through his death, being resurrection, he took away our sins. All right, let's, let's go back and show you that in Colossians. Now, I know we got to go to 2 Corinthians 5. We're coming back there. Uh, let's go to Colossians. Like I said, all the stuff you got from me, we'll take the last few, few minutes. Let's go back to Colossians and let's look at chapter number 2. I want to do this out of the NLT Bible. Colossians chapter 2 and I want to look at verse 11. And I want to read that down to verse 15. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read out the NLT Bible. Colossians chapter 2. See, I want to show you through Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. Why we still keep saying that? Because every one of these areas is how he saved us. See, write this down. Romans 4.25. He was raised for our justification. See, he was delivered for our offense, otherwise he died for our sin, but he was raised again for our justification. Can you put that on the screen? I know you're somewhere else now, but I know you're that, I know you're that smart. Romans 4.25. Then we'll do 1 Corinthians. We'll do Colossians, right. So do Romans 4.25. Now, Romans 4.25, it'll tell you. See? Who was delivered right what he said, delivered? Well, if I couldn't see, I'm done, honey. If you read, I can know you're reading, right? Who was delivered for our offense and raised for our justification. If he was delivered for our offense, that means he died for our sins. That's what they're saying, right? Come on, he died for our sins. It's the same thing he was delivered for our offenses. The word offense means sins. So he died for our sins, he, 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 but he was raised from the dead for our what? And what's justification? To make us right with God. See, so he, he made us right with God. He, he died for our sins, then he made us right with God. See, you got to see yourself like God see you. God see you as justified. He doesn't see you as old sinner. So stop acting like old sinners. All right, now let's go to Colossians chapter 2. See, you got to act like who you are. Colossians chapter 2. See, you've been born from above now. Colossians chapter 2. Now in Colossians chapter 2, we want to go to what verse? Verse 11. Colossians 2 and verse 11. Are you there? On the screen are the NLT. We're going to come to this camera. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. We wait, there you go, NLT Bible. Here we go. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. All right. Now, what, what is he telling you about circumcision for? Because those people just came out of a covenant of circumcision with the man. Everybody understand what I'm saying? That'll help me out. I know I got a thousand people to minister, but I don't want to miss out on the ones right here. So Old Testament, they had men circumcision. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, now. 
if, you're, if you're a mother and got a child, you know you have the child circumcised. So all I'm saying, do you understand, right? All right. Now, that was a type, a type of everything in the Old Testament was what? A type of what God doing in the New Covenant. So he cut off the skin, the foreskin of a male penis to show that was his nature. That's where life came from. Come on, y'all are smarter than that. I, I am, I know. So he had to cut off the old man. Uh, let me move on. All right, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 11. When you came to Christ, he tell you what happened to you. You were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. But you were circumcised. Christ performed, Christ performed a spiritual circumcision the cutting away of your old sin for nature. I'm in here now. So that's what the Old Testament stood for. But that really happened when Christ died on the cross. But he did it in his own body. He put off the old man, didn't he? Come on now, y'all, y'all, y'all know he died, he buried, he didn't, he didn't rise from the dead in the same old body, did he? Well, where was it? He put it off. Come on now. What, what happened to the old body he was in? Come on, just say it. He, he pulled it off. So you got to understand, he put it off and he put on a new one. You ought to know because that's what he told you to do. Your Bible told you, put off therefore the old man and put on the new man. He's telling you what he did. But we can't do it. So here he's telling you, Colossians chapter 2. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not with a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your old sinful nature. See, when the word, put this down in your note, when the Bible used the word flesh, he's talking about your old sinful nature. Same word, okay? All right. Verse 12. For you were buried, now when I go back to Romans 6, you will see it again. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. You were what? Buried with Christ when you were baptized. So he's not talking about water. That's why we don't baptize in this church anymore with water. Because that is the Old Testament. That's John's gospel, John's baptism. All right. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not with a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your old sinful nature, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. Well, we got to understand, when we read Romans chapter 6, we understand we were baptized into Christ. That's when we put on Christ. All right? And with him, with him, you were raised to a new life. So we couldn't be talking about in the water. We were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Then in verse 13, you were dead because of your sins. Now that's S. So you got a place where that go, right? We were dead because of our sins. Not S. Not S-I-N, but S-I-N-S. All right? And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. 
Your sinful nature was not yet cut away. So when Christ died on the cross, what did he do with our sinful nature? He cut it away. That's circumcision, right? He cut it off. All right. See, you are not in the flesh no more. Write that down. Romans chapter 8, verse 8 and 9. All right. Watch what happened. Verse number 13. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. Here you go. For he forgave all our sin. Not going to now. He forgave all our sin. I'm going to show you. You have neither one of those. You have sin nor sins. Know why people can't say nothing? They don't know to eat that or what? You know, I got to throw stuff out for the dog and they go, I go, hmm. I don't know, do I eat that or not, Reverend? All right. But let me read it again. Verse 13. You were dead. Because of your sins, you were dead because of your sins, because we were dead in sins, remember? Because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled, he canceled the record of the charges against us, took it out of our way, by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers because they have no more power over us no more. The only connection they had with man was because of man's sin and because of the law. When God fulfilled the law, sin had no more power and the devil had no more work. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Can somebody give our Lord praise in this place? Look at somebody say, it's over. That's what's supposed to happen that day. If you was at the crucifixion and you saw Jesus just die on the cross, you're supposed to stop and say, it's over. If you was on the old covenant and you was putting bulls and goat and sheep and turtle doves and pigeons as a high priest had to do to offer up a spiritual sacrifice to God, he should have got up that morning and said, it's over. Don't have to go to work in the morning. My sin been paid for. All right, let's keep going because we got to show you this. I can tell you all the time, but until I can show it to you, it's hard for you to believe. All right, not, not put down. I just know that's the way it works. All right, now let's go back to 2 Corinthians 5 because we didn't finish that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we was at verse 14. Verse 16, thank you very much. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 16 says in, in the King James, from now on, wherefore, henceforth, from now on, we know no man after the flesh. Now this is an awesome thing because people are telling you that God's going to come back here and raise you from the dead, put you back in your flexible body and we're going to live on this earth. Is that right? We know no man 
no more after flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. After the flesh, we came here because we were of the seed of Adam. Only one man in this Bible was God's seed, and that was Christ. In the Old Testament. We come right back here, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let's go back and show you Genesis chapter 5. So you got to know what the word says. That's why I tell you, don't be ashamed to write in your Bible. Write in your Bible, study it later. No need to call it me all the time. Now, what was that you I told you to write in your Bible? Write it down. Somebody say amen. So, Genesis chapter 5. Now, this is the record of Adam. See, when you go back and say, you hear people say, which I heard when I was growing up, this is what people said to me. Well, we all made in the image of God. No, you wasn't. We were made in God's image and God likeness, like you know the Bible. That's a lie. You made in the image of Adam. Only Christ was made in the image of God. All right, here we go. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 5 and verse 1. This is the book of the generation of Adam. This is where we're at right here. In the day, God created man, and the likeness of God made he him. Didn't somebody know them? Did you see them there? How many saw him? One man. See, so when you hear what I'm trying to tell you now in the new covenant, you're a new creation. Old Testament could not be this. There was nobody in the Old Testament. You had people who were called sons of God. You had the angels, but nobody was God's son but one man. So when Christ came, he said, this is my only begotten son. Hear you him. Now, 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 we are the children of God. So when you playing around, you missing out on an opportunity. You will never, ever see this again if you die and not become a son of God. God put you here so you can hear his gospel, the gospel of Christ. So he, the gospel of Christ can make you one of God's sons when you believe it. No other gospel, no other message can make you God's son, but the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God under salvation to every man that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You cannot become God's child without the gospel of Christ. That's how much power. The Holy Ghost does not recognize anything else but his new covenant, his gospel, the gospel that Paul preached. This was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus had just came and finished his ministry. You don't have but three people in the Bible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The Father ministry was the Old Testament, all the way down to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So when you open your Bible up all the way back to Genesis, all the way over to, to uh, Malachi, the end of Malachi, you start Matthew, you're going to start in the Jesus ministry. The Bible tells you this is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. If you're read, first thing Mark tell you. Then when you finish Jesus' ministry, what does it mean by Jesus' ministry? Genesis to Malachi, God spoke to every man by prophets. God spoke to Israel by his prophets, his kings. 
his high priest. But when it came down to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came and fulfilled all three areas. He was priest, prophet, and king. He spoke for himself to all Israel. And then after that, God sent back the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost spoke to us and everybody, Jews or Gentiles, through his son. The Apostle Paul message is a message of the Holy Spirit. So when you don't understand the New Testament, you don't understand the Holy Spirit ministry. He does not say, again, I say unto you. That was Jesus. When the Holy Ghost speak, you need to listen. All right. Now, in Genesis chapter 5, God made him, not them. Verse 2, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam, one name, in the day when they were created. So God called one person Adam, but they were male and female. Okay. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, in his own likeness. After his image, talking about Adam, and called his name Seth. You'll never see again anybody else within God's image and likeness until you get the new covenant. And the days of Adam after he begat Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. All the days of Adam lived were 900 years and 30 years, and he died. See, so when you study Genesis, you got to understand only one man was made in God's image. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, but also he made man in his image and after his own likeness. Male and female created he them. So wasn't anybody else in God's likeness but Adam and Eve. Now you come into the new covenant and the Bible will tell you, let me show it to you. Look at Colossians chapter three. See, this is why you, you got to get excited. You and your dispensation. It's something to live in the dispensation of grace and still you die and go to hell. That's bad, boy. Somebody said that's bad. Man, that's bad. You don't have no work to do but hear and believe to be saved, and you still die and went to hell. That's bad. Somebody say, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad two times, ain't it? Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, there it is. If you then be risen with Christ, we were, then seek those things which are above where Christ, set, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead. There it is again. You are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. See, your old, your, old, your old life is dead. You have a new life. You're a new creation. When Christ, who is our life? See, you're not your life no more. Go back to Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Here we go back to 2 Corinthians 5. You learn the word? All right, Galatians. Chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Start verse 19. Galatians 2, 19. See, you're, you're dead to the law. Otherwise, we were not under law, but we are still dead to it until faith came. See, we were under the law. I'm going to show you that next. We were under the law until faith came. I got to show you that. 
Galatians chapter 2, verse 19. For I through the law am dead to the law. I through the law am dead to the law that I may live unto God. Otherwise, you cannot live unto God unless you're dead to the law. Now, most people do not understand what that means, but you cannot live under God unless you're dead to the law. You cannot live under God until you're dead to sin. And people don't realize you can't, you can't live for God until you're dead to sin. You can't live for God until you're dead to the law. See, you must become dead to sin before you can live for God. You must become dead to the law. So that's why we don't water baptize. Because we still water baptize and guess what? We are not dead to the law. Water baptism was on the law, not on the grace. When you said the man who God sent, 1 Corinthians 1 17, Christ sent me not to baptize. And yet people are still doing like we were, bread on the table. We're going to go back there and show you, Jesus was telling them, this is the New Testament in my blood. It had to be a type because he really died on the cross and the whole New Testament is in his blood. So which one you following, the bread on the table or the bread from heaven? The blood on the table, which was the wine, or the real blood that washed our sins away. See, that's what people are doing. They, they think they're doing right, and they think that's having church. Yeah, you're right. All right. Now, let's go back to, uh, I gave you a lot of stuff. I got to close it out now. Shoot something at me. Right, come on, give me the first thing I said. Honey, give me your, you got something, give me something. Huh? Hebrew 9.12. While we're there, we'll read verse 14. Now, who taking notes for me? Maybe I need to have somebody just designated to take notes. That means when I want them, I want them. You know what I mean? Hebrew chapter 9, verse 12 through 14. Let's do that. Because I want to do 14 while I'm there too. Now, now, please, please, I ask you this every week. Somebody be responsible for the notes. Somebody. <laughs> Praise God. Hebrew chapter 9. All right, verse number 12. The Bible said we were redeemed not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered and once into the holy place, having obtained. This is what I want to show you. He obtained what? Eternal redemption. What, what is redemption? What is redemption in this church? We don't have many, but say it loud. Forgiveness of sin. See, you need to write that down in your Bible. Redemption is eternal you know, when I, you know what happened to me when I started doing this? I saw how ignorant I was. And I stopped listening to a lot of television. I my wife would tell you, she's going to turn the volume up, Dad. I said, I don't want to hear it. They have nothing, nothing I need to live off of. My wife would tell you, I spend my time probably more than 50% of the day in the Word. Am I lying, honey? This is not a game, man. When I, when I realize I live by the word, I don't need the other stuff. I find out how to live. I don't need nobody telling me how to die. That's all you listen to. Everything on the TV, 
that's not telling you how to live, they're telling you how to die. Now sit back and see how much telling you how to die. Every picture tell you how to get killed. You'll learn, hopefully, or you can get in the Word, because on that same TV, you can put on a podcast and watch Door of Faith all day. I'll just put it on and let it go. Just walk away. And it'll, it'll show you three years, at least, every service I preached for the last three years. So you're, you're without excuse. I, had, I, I got a letter. I can't call a name because I, I can't call a name because I don't know who they are. So I can't do them like that. But I got a letter yesterday in the mail from Canada. So they're probably watching us right now. I won't call your name, but thank you so much. They sent an offering to the ministry and said, I want to see. Wait a minute, watch this. They said, I want to give you some money here to help with the food ministry. And I want you to know, I enjoy your word. So we, we give a shout out to you over there in Canada. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I'm not going to call your name. You know who you are. But it brought tears to my eyes. Because they're watching us in Canada. That's what I saw. And then we got our brother and sister this morning. We're going to come to your camera this morning. We're going to come right to your camera right now. But that was a brother, brother Gene and sister Kathy. You don't see them in the sanctuary, right? They watching us this morning in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, the gospel's not bound. See, you don't see it yet. You don't see the effect yet. You just don't see the effect. You watch, you watch. There are some people who are going to get a hold to what you get. That's why my wife get up here and say, hit the share, but hit the share. Why? Because one of these days somebody's going to share something back here. You don't hear me. No, you don't hear me. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Now, I got about five or six minutes. So let's go. I gave you Hebrews chapter nine. I'm going to show you verse 13 and 14 while I'm there. Because I just showed you our salvation is eternal. Eternal redemption. All right. Verse 13. Hebrews 9, 13. If the blood of bulls and goats and ashes and heifer, the sprinkling of an unclean, uh, sanctified, the purified of the flesh, how much more? I'm going to show you how God saved our soul. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, I just showed you eternal redemption, through the eternal spirit, offer himself without spot to God. Christ died on the cross, offer himself without spot to God. Watch this. He purged our country. This is how he saved our souls. See, the sins he's talking about, most people talk about is the works of the flesh. We're going to get to that in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. He's not talking about works of the flesh now. He's talking about the sin that was in our conscience. I'm talking about the doubt, the unbelief. The condemnation, all that stuff, the death. So you got to understand, all that's in the conscience. That's why the Old Testament says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, that's why in the Old Covenant they had sin was in the conscience. It was in the soul I showed you last week in Ezekiel 18. The soul that sinneth shall die. 
How did Adam get sin in his country? He ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? That was in the country. So when God saved you, he purged your country. Somebody ought to get happy in this place. Let me talk to my television. He purged my country from dead works so I can serve the true and the living God. See, when Adam ate of that tree of neither good and evil, that's why man has fear. That's why he has doubt, unbelief, grief and sorrow and heaviness. All that stuff was in man. And when God sent his son, the Bible said, Isaiah, I'm going to read it to you. Isaiah chapter 53. See, you got to understand the stuff that we was in us that God washed out of us so we can serve him. People, you can't serve God with fear in your conscience. You can't serve God. You know what happened to Adam? When God came for Adam, what did he do? He hid. And he asked him, why did you hide? He was naked. He was afraid. But that's what God did. Look at Isaiah chapter 53 and look, look what our Lord did for us. So you got, when you see all that he done, man, I don't have no time for nothing else no more. I'm telling you right now, I would be going up to 60% late. I just don't have no time for that stuff. Isaiah 53, I want to go down to verse number four. Surely. Whew, wait till you catch up. Surely he was born. He has born. The word born mean carrot. He carried our griefs. He carried our sorrows. See, all that stuff was in us. I don't know about you, but that's where I was. When I gave my life to Christ, I had that, I was full of this stuff. I was full of grief. I was full of sorrows. Then the Bible said, yet we, he they esteemed him not smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He's talking about the cross. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastise of our peace was on him and with his stripe, with his stripe, we are not going to be Go to 1 Peter. Go to 1 Peter 2.24. That word heal me made whole. That's why you're a new creation. He made you whole. You're not a partial doing. Not like he didn't just put a new engine in the car. 1 Peter 2.24. You got to know what he did. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24. Who is own self. That's his own soul. That's why you, Isaiah 53 and verse 11, his own soul. See, his soul was an offering for our sins. See it? He, his soul was an offering for our sins. That's why he died on the cross as a man, because as a man, it was his soul. He came as the son of man, son of Adam. So his soul had to take the punishment on the cross for our sin. His soul took the whipping. His soul took the brutality. His soul took it all. You got to understand, that's why in the garden, while he cried, angels came and ministered to him. His soul was exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. His soul was afraid. He feared. See, all that's the soul man. But why did he do all of that? He did it for us. He did it as us. 
So you are, and he made you and me a new creation with no sin in our souls and no sins in our conscience. He washed us whiter than snow, the Bible says. And yet people stood there and said, well, I don't know about all that. Yeah, you're unbelievable. Uh, let me put it this way. You're unbelievable. <laughs> First Peter 2, 24. Who is on self? Bear our sins. That goes on the sins. I got so much for you the next service. In his own body. See, so when he took all that punishment and brutal and how they brutally did him, he was paying our sin debt. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we be in debt to sins. Come on, say I'm debt to sins. I showed you in Romans 6 and 2, we were debt to sin. Oh my God, my God. Romans 6 and 2 says, being debt to sin. Now here in 1 Peter 2, 24, we are debt to sins. Now we can live on the righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Go back to Romans 6, 2, quickly, quickly. See, they'll tell you you're dead to sins. Well, you're not just dead to sins. Romans 6 and 2. What shall we say then, verse 1? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who are dead to sin how many can see it? Say, I'm dead to sins and I'm dead to sin. I'll get on the works of the flesh later because we, go, we know what we got to do with those. We're going to mortify them boys. We're going to put so much word in you until you're not going to want that other stuff. Your love, watch this, your love life is about to change. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. I get jack. what Sister Monroe, Jesus, I love, why you think we singing this stuff? Your love life is about to change. Come on, stand up on your feet. Come on, stand up on your feet. Look at somebody and say, your love life is about to change. Oh, my God, my God. My God, my God, my God. First Corinthians. Now, this is what we read every Sunday. So you're going to put it up on the S-I-N-S. That's why I'm going to show you. You got to understand, he saved you from sin. He saved you from sins. And he's presently delivering you from the works of the flesh. And I'm going to show you, the more you get this word in you, the more you're going to mortify. Amen. Somebody say mortify. mortify. Yes, uh, mortify means put to death. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, I got your word. I got your word from the Lord right here. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Just four verses. Moreover, brethren... I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and where you stand. All of this stuff is past him, by which also you are saved. So when somebody tell you, oh, yeah, I'm getting saved, oh, you, you go on and get there. My Bible says you are saved. Now, what you need to do is receive it. You, it, you, it happens how? Through faith. How does it happen? So you are saved, by grace you are saved, but it's, that means you need to hear it and believe it. Oh my God. 
Can you pull up Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 on the screen? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. My God. Put it on the screen. You want to see how I dare you. I double dog day. Ephesians 1, 13, there it is. In, in the NLT, right? That's where you at? Put it on the NLT form. You got two things you need to do. You got two things you need to do. You need to hear and believe. Is up there? See, I got to hear it and believe it. I know I threw a curve because you got, you got somebody new, maybe new back there. But Ephesians 1.13 told you that. You got to hear it and believe it. I started to ask for the CBS Bible, but I won't do that. But I just stay here. Let's do 1 Corinthians and the King James. Do the King James so I can go. We'll get that later. All right. And you Gentiles have heard. All right. I, they was at Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. If you're there, you were there, go back there and leave it. You did pull it up. There you go. There you go. And now you Gentiles have what? What they've done? They heard the truth. They heard the good news that God saves, saved you. And when you do what? Believe. When you believe, what happened? He identifies you as his own. See, you heard it. But when, when you believe it, he identifies you as his own son. So if you're not God's son, it's because you haven't heard. Or you heard it here. But have you believed it? All right, 1 Corinthians 15, I'm done. Thank you all for putting up with me any day. 1 Corinthians 15, now you brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received in where you stand, by which you are saved. Why would I talk about getting saved? You are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also receive, how Christ died for our sins. S-I-N-S. See, his death on the cross was, was for both. He died spiritually and he died physically. I know I'm ahead of myself. But he died spiritually and he died physically. He died for our sin and he died for our sins. Did anybody get that? I deliver you, first of all, how Christ, how, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that God raised him from the dead the third day and he was seen above 5,000. He's already risen from the dead. He's finished his work. Now receive what God has done. He died for your sins. He died also for your sin. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Door of Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online 
at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.